you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey, everybody. What's going on? DJ Bucky here. Move the Sticks. The draft is behind us. And, uh, Buck, first of all, it's great to see you. Second of all, we've got a lot to talk about. Man, we have, we have a lot to talk about. But let me um, commend you first, man. You had such a daunting task to handle all the stuff that you had to handle for three days, dear, being the lead analyst handling all of that you got a cast of characters around you you obviously are having to do a lot of the heavy lifting and i thought it came off really really well watching it being able to watch it on tv because we weren't we were only doing a recap show back here it was great to see it was also great to hear you give perspective that is a little different than the normal perspective to be able to talk about how we go through the process in the room to talk about the decisions and why certain people were picked and why it may make sense even though you may or may not have liked the player, like how it matches up. And I think that is like what you were able to do. And I hope we are able to do here on the podcast because I thought it was a great extension of the conversation that we've had in the past. I'm, I, first of all, very kind of you to say that. I, I'm glad you mentioned the thing at the end, though, because I feel like when I get to the to the draft this year, especially, man, I feel like the scenarios and the conversations that would come up are stuff that we've been talking about on this show. If you've yes. listened to the Move the Sticks podcast, you know we've been de- debating and discussing this stuff for months. Um, and why? Okay, it, that's and that to me, look, this is, and we'll get into the players here, but I'm, I just want to touch on this real quick. Because I think different people have different thoughts on what you should do in, in the mm-hmm. roles that we find ourselves in where we're analyzing these picks and players. And I just think of two things. In scouting, we are taught... What can a guy do? Don't tell me everything a guy can't do. What can he do? Yeah. And I think that's what our job is. Okay. Anybody can sit there and say this guy he does is not fast. Okay. Well, here's how you have to use him. Here's what he's going to do. I think the way that I try and do it is, um, look, I didn't have him rated this highly. But if I'm the New York Giants, for instance, we were talking about Daniel Jones, which we'll get to. Um, he's my fourth quarterback. I would have gone in a different direction. But here's why I think they did what they did. Absolutely. And that, to me, I think that's what that's what our job is. Not just, here's what I think, da, da, da. But no, okay, we've been in front offices, and certain teams th- think differently, and this is why I believe they did this. Will it be correct? None of us can say right now, because none of us know. That's a t- no, We'll th- find out over time. They don't know. And I, and I think 
that is the thing, even of late in the last two or three years for myself to try and get out of, oh, if you want me to grade, like a lot of times people grade based on how they view the player. Yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to do it because what we can't always get is behind the curtain. Why did the team do this? Like, yeah. And I thought it was, we'll use our former colleague, Mike Mayock. Yeah. I think there were a lot of people that were, oh, Cleveland Farrell, why would you take him at four? But then as you look at the entire package of what they finished, mm-hmm. there was a theme there. And he talked about foundational players, guys that not only had exceptional talent, but they had the right stuff inside, meaning the football character, they played hard, they did all that other stuff. And then when you go back, and we talked about the stories because we're privy to some of the stuff that other people may not. When we did 360, we heard Farrell's story. Yep. We heard his high school coach talk about him. We knew about some of the other guys, Josh Jacobs. We know his story. So now when you begin to put all of the pieces of the puzzle together, you're like, oh, this is what they're trying to create in their locker room. Yep. They're trying to flip the locker room where it's all – it's more of a blue collar. Look, we go to work. Yep. The toughness, all no, that no other stuff. No complaining. Yeah. We're going to work. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, that to me, and that's the Raiders perfectly. The interesting thing is, and I got some blowback on that. The blowback I got was, well, then why did they trade for Antonio Brown? Because he doesn't fit with what they're trying to do there. Which, which actually is not right. Like he is one of the hardest. Not a first round guy. Yeah. yeah. He's self-made. He is, yeah. He's, he's, he's a hardworking guy. He's that. The other stuff. It's not necessarily becoming of what they want, but they're willing to trade for a little bit of that pop for the work and how he's going to kind of set the table for the rest of the guys. Yeah, but yeah, that's. I'm glad you we, we had this little discussion here because I do think uh, this was a draft, and, and I'll give you another example. We'll get to the top of the draft here in a second, but some people, uh, they put out, NFL Research put out, like my biggest reach based off of how I had my top 50. Which isn't fair to you because you would like them to at least consult you before. Uh, it's fine. I, like it's that. fine. I, I put my name on it. I stand by my top 50. But the using the word reach is just where I have a problem because I'm not – I'm not ranking my players based off how they fit with my invisible team. I don't have a team. Right. I'm, bra- I'm grading them based off a generic league evaluation. That's how I see it. Now, if you're the Atlanta Falcons and you want to run a lot of outside zone, Chris Lindstrom makes sense guy. for you. Yes. But if I want to try and run gap scheme stuff and knock people off the ball, that's not who he is, not what he does. He's a position blocker. So to me, I am a little bit lower. I mean, they took him with the 14th pick. Now, even if even if I'm a zone team, that's a little bit rich. Little, 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 but little rich. you have to get inside the head of these teams and what they ask the what are they going to ask these guys to do? They're not going to ask him to do something that he cannot do. No, and I, and I think it, it is really important. Uh, I wrote something today, like my top 10 best fits. And it is based off of what we've always talked about. The toughest part in evaluation is determining how a player, a prospect fits into a scheme. And so then you go back and you look at which players fit in schemes. And I didn't include Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, but now you can make the argument like, oh, okay, I can see why they did it because yeah. he wants a guy that can fit the scheme that he, he desires. Um, I thought a guy like Taylor Rapp going to the LA Rams because you have Eric Weddle, who I've compared rap to in terms of just the way that he plays yep it makes sense benny snell going to the pittsburgh still james connor we've we've talked about that like like that's what's certain, so funny certain guys fit certain teams based on what you know about them i actually man and we'll get to this the trace mcsorley pick to the baltimore ravens hey like we we've, like, talk, we've talked about so many of these things like that is when it came off the board i was like that is exactly what we've talked about <laughs> like if you're gonna go all in yeah. your entire quarterback room has to be full of those guys. Yep. And now they have it. Lamar Jackson, RG3, RG3 Trace McSorley. We're just going to have a pipeline of those guys. The interesting thing will be in four years when Lamar Jackson comes, provided he plays well. Oh, what they, is the they'll, end they'll, game? They'll, they'll move on. 
But that, so so that's so that's, that's the my thing. opinion. What's what's the end game? Is it now like college? Hey, got it for congratulations! Yeah. You graduated. Peace. We, we, <laughs> we got another one coming. Yep. You know that, like I, I, you do wonder because it is something that is really interesting. Will team it, it will eliminate the question? What do we do when we get the second contract? There is we're no not going to give a second contract. We're going to run them <laughs> into the ground because we know it's another position that yeah. we can find, yeah. and it's easier to find those guys. The college is pumping them out. Than the other guys. It's so true. Uh, but the other one, like the Baltimore Ravens, they took Dalen Mack. <laughs> My comparison to Dalen Mack was Pierce for the, for the Ravens. Yes. And Pierce, I believe, is a free agent after next year. So there's some of these guys that were just like, okay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we talked about it. Quan Alexander, they lose in free agency. Oh, Quan. You know, you, know you know what? If you go to a store and you buy a nice sweater <laughs> and it fits good. You go back to the same you store. You go back to the same store and get another sweater when that one moves on. <laughs> you got to retire that sweater. You go back to LSU, get another one. There's a new and, model. And, and that's what they were able to do. And I, uh, there are, were a lot of people there. People said Daniel Jones, by the way. They went shopping at the Manning's at the Manning store, and, and and they did. <laughs> and if anyone has an opportunity to read the Albert Breer piece when he talked to David Gettleman, David Gettleman basically said that, yeah. like, look here, New York, there's a lot of stuff you got to be able to deal with it, and we we've seen how Eli's done, so we wanted someone that kind of fit that mold. So it. Man, it made sense. And we talked about uh, uh, Kent was just talking about earlier too with Devin Bush. We had said Pittsburgh, you're not going to get him where you are. Go get him. And they got him. And they went and got him. And they needed him. Because that you know, they have not been able to replace Ryan Shazier. And they also needed, like, people are giving Mike Tomlin a tough time because he talked about the cleansing. Mm-hmm. Like, A.B. leaves, Lev Bell. And I felt like, and I wrote, this is an opportunity for him to reclaim his locker room. Yeah. So now I'm populated with the locker room, with the guys that I kind of want yep. to be the leaders of the team. Because even though they re-signed Ben Roethlisberger, he's moving on in two or three years. So what you would like to have is a nice transition to – the, a new set of leaders. So now you want those guys to come in, adopt the Pittsburgh way, understand what it's like to kind of be selfless and hardworking and all those things. And so it worked. And so it's just, it's just one of those things that when we get to the, the grading part. I feel like, and I feel like we talked about Garrett Bradbury to the Minnesota Vikings. How since this? I mean, since the Senior Bowl, I feel like we've been talking about that I fit. Mean, just, like just, just turning the card, just trying, just trying to get him to fit. Um, Josh Jacobs with the Raker, Raiders. Oh, that was, that months. Was that was easy. Marquise Brown with the Ravens. Hey, did we? And people actually brought this up. Not only on McSorley with the Ravens, we said what was we've been saying forever, Buck. Build a track team. Oh, around build a track team because around. you can get one on one on the outside. Like That's exactly what they did. Basically, what you want to do is we're building a college team. Yeah. We want to build the ultimate college team in the pro game. So we want speed on the outside. We can throw bubble screens and throw it deep and toss it around, empty it, go power, do all of those things. And that's what they've been able to do. Yeah, I just thought. And then LJ Collier. My comp for LJ Collier was Michael Bennett. And it's funny because I use that that comp. Even though I wasn't a huge LJ Collier fan, I know there was a lot of love. He was was in my my 40s. He was in my 40s. And – but but he's their flavor. That's exactly what, that's what I'm getting at. For what they were going to ask him to do, he's going to be that base end that plays over top of the tight ends. He's not going to be necessarily the pass rush. He's going to be the physical stout run stuffer who is a power player. We talked about the Patriots needed to get bigger on the outside. How about that? And the Patriots, yeah. I'm going to say I love the what they did. I, so I was like, what? What get to the Patriots? Like they normally you come out of the draft with the Patriots and you're like, uh, well, you know, they're the Patriots. So I won't give, doubt them, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. This one, I was like, you go Nikhil Harry, Joe Williams, Winovich, Damian Harris, your first four picks. And I'm just like, 
and, and nicely done. I, I kind of called him the Warren Buffett of the draft in terms of all brand names. Yeah. Everybody is a known commodity. You know exactly what you're getting from and all of those guys. I think I in the in the fourth round. Great developmental game. The perfect. They go learn, sit and learn. Sit and learn, develop them. We've seen the success that they've had with Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo. He's another guy who is smart. He's stuff like the thing that he has to do is speed up his processing game yeah. and just make sure that he is the guy that we see and work out, see if you can translate that over to when we put all 11 on the field and the bodies are moving. A couple other picks. I want to go outside the first round a little bit because um, everywhere else you go, they're going to be talking about Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones the entire time. I feel like that's it's been said. It's so been discussed. We've already talked about Move on. Um, uh, when you don't pick in the first round, it is a challenge. It is a challenge because um, you can get antsy. You can get over-aggressive. Um, you can... I don't know. I just more times I see teams not picking in one, and it, you can say we're going to go through the process with the same intensity, but you just it's hard as a, as a scout, especially when you go into the fall, knowing you don't have a first round pick. It's like, man, I'm doing all this work for me. We don't have a yeah, first we round have pick. First round pick. What are we going to do? When I look at the New Orleans Saints getting Eric McCoy in the uh, in the second round, after you lose Max Unger, to get a guy like that who can plug in and and immediately. Uh, start for their football team. I thought that was a great pick. When you look at the Chicago Bears, don't pick till the third round, Buck. Man, and I you love get a, the running back they we, picked up. David he was my running. second. He's my second running back in the draft. Where did you Where did you have him? I think I had him Montgomery. Second. Yeah, I think yeah, I had David him Montgomery. Second. I think I finished top with him fifty second. player in my opinion. They got him in the third round. And uh, he's you, better than Jordan Howard coming out of college. And I, I said this like I just wrote in this thing. Like this, this is what I wrote. <laughs> I literally wrote. So we're on the same page him. there. I, I wrote because I'm looking. Dave Montgomery, Matt Nagy upgraded the Bears' RB1 position when he snapped Montgomery third-round pick. Crafty three-down back, balanced body control, stop-start quickness, great route run out the backfield, makes him a dangerous weapon in an offense that's designed to get ball playmakers in space. Yeah, I, I uh, that's a home run pick, man. I, I love that pick. Man, I, I, I love that pick. You know what other pick that I like? Jalen Hurd went to the San Francisco 49. That was fun. I don't know if you've heard the conversation. Kyle Shanahan was I didn't hear his – but I so know, I, know I said this creative offensive coordinator is going to have some fun with this dude. He, he, he said, I don't want to put this on him because I guess he did this with – what's the fullback's name? Jer- Kyle Jerkovic? Jerkovic what? Oh, oh, no, he, yeah, he yeah, last year. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about – So uh, he called him an offensive weapon. Yeah. He said, I don't want to put that on Jalen Hurd because everyone is then going to wait for him. Use check. Said, You're talking about use check. check. Kyle, use He said, check. but what I would like to do is we're going to start him at running back. Start him at wide receiver. I think he plays some running back. But ultimately, he may be like Niles Paul. When Niles Paul came out of Nebraska, yeah. the wide receiver that they moved to tight end that eventually played fullback, mm-hmm. maybe Jalen Hurd is that guy. Now, when he said it, I was like, man, who wouldn't like to have at least one guy that is a Swiss Army knife that whenever he runs onto the when field – you break the huddle, you don't you know – You never know. Can't, you can't be right if you're a defense. You can't be right. And I actually said, look, he, he's kind of – He's a modified version of what Levy and Bill is in terms yeah. of when Levy and Bill would go empty and they would put him outside and they would throw slants and those things to him. Like Jalen Hurd legitimately can do all of this stuff and can get in the backfield and really run the football. Legitimately like, run the ball. Like when you go back and look at his stuff at Tennessee. Like for over a thousand yards in SEC. At, at he looked good at Baylor at the end of the year running the ball too. Right. And so he is a very, very cre- – I mean, just a dynamic player and someone you talk about creative offense coordinator. So now you have him and Debo Samuel interchangeable yep. parts, pieces, being able to do a lot of different things. That should be a fun offense yeah, to watch. It's, I'm telling you, the NFC West is going to be the most fascinating division in the NFL next year because of, of the air raid in Arizona and everything they got going on with Kyler Murray. And they've they brought – they literally – they duplicated the Texas Tech. They've got the little tiny slot receivers they can roll out there. They've got the giant power forwards on the outside. Like, it is we'll, – let's go. Well, see if it works. Hopefully they have a better defense than Texas Tech. 
I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard, hard, hard to play this stuff. Now, here's, here's what I'm going to say. This is what's going to be interesting because we all been to minicamp right after the draft. Oh, it's, 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 it's the, either the best day or the worst day of the year. So what's going to be interesting in Arizona is when we go out at Ricky minicamp and we see everyone's going to be looking at Kyler Murray, but then everyone is also going to look at all the wide receivers. Yeah. Isabella. And that Isabella, coffee was a little rich for me. Isabella as the second round receiver. Just tell might me this. Be, might be not as good of a player as Hakeem Butler, who's drafted in the fourth, and Kasim Johnson, who's drafted in the sixth. I, I'm just saying, like, it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like when they roll out there and they do endo and team and seven on seven if he is better than those other two draftable guys. Okay, let me just say this. Um, again, I... I want to stress, none of us, we can say we think is going to happen. None of us know. we got to get these guys on the field and we'll find out. The fact that Andy Isabella was taking two spots ahead of DK Metcalf Buck is... Um, Interesting. It's tough. Interesting. It's a tough one for me. Interesting. Andy Isabella was my 188th player in this draft. Andy Isabella went with the 62nd pick. Andy Isabella went to the Senior Bowl, couldn't catch anything. Couldn't get out of a break. Was a non-factor. Penny Hart was better than him at out of Georgia State. I think Penny Hart went undrafted. I'm pretty sure he did go undrafted. He did. He went undrafted. Second round. Now, and look, I get it. You're gonna the, the shovels and the fly sweeps and all that. Like you get the ball in his hands, he's quick. I did not think he played at that speed. And then for those that come at you and say, "Well, look what he did against Georgia." That that against Georgia, DeAndre Baker was three Gatorades in by the time he did anything <laughs> in that game. I mean, it was over. It was garbage production. Um, I just did not see that man. Did not see it. Is, Wish him the best. I hope I'm. I, he's a nice kid. I, I hope I'm wrong. He's I mean, great. It's gonna be interesting to watch because. Well, we know Hakeem Butler is going to do Hakeem Butler things. He's going to make some wild catches. He's going to drop. He's going to drop some. He's going to drop one out of three, but he's going to make some big time plays. Kasim Johnson, Kasim Johnson. When we saw him at the East West Shrine game, yeah, he's pretty good route runner. Kind of crafty with what he does. Yeah. Um, I just think I had him over. I had him over Isabella. I think I just think it'll be interesting when all those guys are lined up in that wide receiver line. You're like, all right, that's that's a number two. Yeah. Wow. But who's who's blocking for Murray? That's the thing. That's uh, just a minor detail. Yeah. Just a minor detail. Getting the ball out. Ball's coming out. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you can feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever. Trains are often going a lot faster than you expect them to be, and they can't stop. Even if the engineer hits the brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. By that time, what used to be your car is a crushed hunk of metal, and what used to be you, well, better not to think about that. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop even if it sees you. The result is... Is disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way, and you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's gonna be especially look at that look at that front in San Francisco right now. I love what they've done in the offseason. Man, that, that front is really that's really good imposing. Looking, that's a good Man, looking it's, group. It's good good looking group. Um what else you see, got? What about? I was gonna say, I, I wanna see how about the other thing here, uh, to me. And I know the the Juwan Taylor, I got the medical stuff on him late, um, which was most likely a one-contract player. Um, 
the knees were were like a real concern there. That he's he was a first round talent that fell out of the first round purely for medical. How about Jacksonville? But to falling get him in, falling into two players, I know fell into no. Josh Allen and fell into Jawan. They got Taylor. the third player. They got the third player in the draft, in my opinion, in Josh Allen. You come back and get a. I think I had Jawan Taylor. Uh, I'll tell you exactly where I had him. He had to be in the top fifteen. Jawan sure. Taylor for me was my fourteenth player. So you got two top fifteen players and two guys you can plug in right now and yeah, go. I mean. Now he might not. I don't know. We'll see with the medical, all that stuff. I remember when Gronk, when Gronk came out, I was told he was going to be a one contract yeah, player, yeah, Hall of Fame one, player. Like, yeah. And the thing is, I think both of those guys fit in terms of the way they play. Yeah, they both fit. Juwan Taylor is a mauler masher. You put him in at right tackle. Then you have Cam Robinson on the other side. It works. How about this thing? I, I want to run this by you. Yeah. Tristan Hill going to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I love and that. Not, and not even about him going and what Rob Marinelli. But I don't know if you heard about this. He signed a work ethic contract with Rod Marinelli really? yeah. before the draft. Oh, that's phenomenal. So he agreed to play in a certain style and manner, exhibit the, the hustle and motor and all these things. And so people made it a big deal, like, oh, why would he do it? But that's because of the UCF thing. Actually, it's something that Rod Marinelli makes all of his D-linemen sign. Yeah. But – Jim Washburn does the same thing. Oh, does he? Yeah, he does. He okay. does it with guys. Even like last year, he trained guys for the combine. He'd make them sign a cut. It's like a covenant, like a pass first covenant. Oh, wow. One of the things on his was I will never be blocked by a tight end. <laughs> I like, I, I actually like the thought of it when I heard it. I was like, man, I love it. But more importantly, I love the player going with the coach. When we talk about matching things up. Yeah. I love matching him up with Rod Marinelli because Rod Marinelli has always been able to get the best out of guys that work. And you talk about a guy that, to me, is a 100% effort player. He does everything. Uh, snap to whistle, plays hard. Uh, don't know really what happened with the transition between the old staff and the new staff, but it is what it is. But the Cowboys are comfortable with it. And I just think he has an opportunity to be a dominant player for the Cowboys. And they bypassed a safety need to get a good player. And he's a really good player. And we talked about him being a guy that was going to be a player for a long time. You know, this would be a uh, – give you a, a notebook item. Have you got – you got a notebook this week? I do notebook? have a notebook. Okay. Um, every great show, if you think about when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s, every great show had a great theme song. Mm-hmm. So what were the theme songs for these teams Ooh. in this year's draft? So let me give you a theme song example. Houston Texans, their theme. And you think about Brian Gain, who his influences are. It was around Bill Parcells. Yeah. What does Bill Parcells preach and believe in? Oh, Size, cool. length, cool. big, yep. big guys beat up little guys, all that stuff, right? Look at how big and long they've got with who they added. Titus Howard at tackle, Lonnie Johnson at corner, Max Sharping at tackle, Kahale wearing at tight end, Charles Amenahu from Texas, Xavier Crawford from Central Michigan. Uh, last pick was Cullen uh, Gillespie, who's a special teamer from Texas A&M, so I won't count him. But though all those players saved the special teamer at the end, Buck. They are big and long, all of them. All of them check the boxes when it comes to the traits. They've become a team that really specializes in the traits. Um, I thought they had some solid players. People that beat them up, like the Titus Hour thing was a little earlier, but we had begun to hear the buzz that he could kind of creep in that day one consideration just because of the run on offensive linemen. But then you come back, you get Max Sharping, so then you, you kind of double down on the position to make sure that you get it covered. Lonnie Johnson gives them a corner. They needed a corner, even though they signed Bradley Roby in the offseason. They were looking for a young, athletic corner that could come in and play in Rack's defense. And then, you know, you talk about wearing from San Diego State, just an athletic tight end, you know. And that big. I mean, big size. Well, not, none of these guys are finished. 
No. None of these guys are finished products. There's development. Yeah. So you did high upside, that. high upside guys, long, tremendous, athletic. Tr- tremendous upside. And so you just want to make sure that you give them an opportunity to kind of do their deal. But man, I like it. I, li- I like I like how they're they're trending and what they're actually trying to do. So another theme, Minnesota Vikings, protect the investment. Oh man. You you talking about going all protect in. the investment. Kirk all Cousins, in. they they cut the check. Didn't get the results they wanted last year. So what do they do in the draft, Buck? Let's go make him very, very comfortable. Garrett Bradbury, center. Um, Going to help protect him up the middle. Irv Smith, tight end. Very athletic. Can get you some easy completions. Matt Alexander Madison from Boise State, who can catch the ball out of the backfield, can do some things there. Drew Samia, a guard. So you've got two interior linemen, which they needed to, to get there. Then they go defense, a couple picks. They come back with Ole Udo, another tackle. Uh, then they end up picking two wide receivers in the seventh round. Dylan Mitchell from Oregon, who, um, look, there's people, I, I, myself included, thought he had ability to be a third, fourth round guy. Ended up dropping a little bit. People I did didn't, too. People I, didn't I, love him as a kid. Um, that's I, why he was down there. And then B.C. Johnson, I thought, would be gone a little bit earlier. Receiver from Colorado State. That's a lot of stuff you've done to help your quarterback. In a lot draft. of stuff you've done. And in Dylan Mitchell, I think they have someone that is in the mold of Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, meaning – I think he can be a really good route runner, and I think he is going to outplay his draft status. He did a lot of good things at Oregon, and unfortunately what happens when it comes to the draft, guys just kind of fall through the cracks, and I think he's a guy that fell through the cracks for whatever reason, but Minnesota Vikings have a history of developing guys that were either late-round picks or uh, undrafted free agents like Adam Thielen, and I think they'll find a way to kind of get those guys up and going. I did think it was interesting, side note, that uh, remember when people lost their minds with uh, with me having Drew Locke to the Packers, and then it came out the Packers had done a lot of work and were actually really oh, yeah, taking Drew Locke guys. in the second round, and that's one of the reasons why the trade-up by the Broncos happened to make sure that they, oh, it, they it, got it him. Made, it made sense. It, ma- it, made, it made a lot of sense, and even in doing more research on it, when you brought it up, then I brought uh, I looked and saw how they brought in Daniel Jones and how they were doing the research on Drew Locke. It makes sense because the position is so valuable that you want to take guys um, and give them an opportunity to develop. And actually, it really works out for him because he's drafted in the second round. There's no pressure to really run him onto no, the field. Yeah, perfect. And so he actually gets a chance to really develop. And I, I'm a big believer in Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke um, has tremendous ceiling. And even though he wasn't a first-round pick, I could see him having a lot of success in Denver as a starting quarterback down the line. All right. Any other any other themes you think that you uh, that you come across? Uh, Why you look for a theme? I'm gonna give you what I think is if you want to talk about the most perfect fit. And we've talked so much about fit. I tweeted this out the other, the other day. If if I went into a lab and you told me I had Derwin James's one safety and I needed to carve out and create a skill set for a oh. player to play opposite of Derwin James, I would have it would have walked out of the lab with Nasir Adderley. Oh, they I get mean, he, him where they got your, him. He's your Earl Thomas. They have it, and if you think about it. Um, he's not now Earl Thomas is was faster than Adderley. Yeah. Like, but Derwin James is a far superior player to Camp Chancellor. Yeah, so so, and so now, now you, but now you that's have a clearly, great combination, man. You have clearly defined roles. You got a hey, Derwin, down. Derwin, you're 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 down. Yep. Adderley, you just cover it over the back end and you get those things. And I, I'm gonna blitz Derwin James from all I mean, I'm, every area just, possible. I'm let just, him attack. I'm just letting him letting him do it. Uh, I think the Indianapolis Colts are really interesting because I felt like they went and got tough guys. I like Rock Yusin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Paris Campbell is a nice compliment to T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, Marvell Tell is interesting because uh, they drafted safeties back-to-back, Corey Willis and then Marvell Tell. Marvell Tell is interesting because he's long, he's lean. He had a ton of tackles. He had 220-plus tackles during his time at SC. I would still say that he's not necessarily a a a a 
nose in the fan guy that he yeah. mix it up. But he does kind of fit their uh, prototype in terms of long, rangy, does those things. Chris Ballard has a, a tight. He's big on traits, and I think he kind of stuck to that when you look at the guys that he took off the board. Yeah, and I, I think with the uh, Tennessee Titans, um, again, you've got, they got phys- really physicality. They got some really good players. Jeff Simmons. He, again, we've said it. He can end up being the best player in this whole draft once he's healthy. You're going to miss most, most likely miss this year. 19th pick out of Mississippi State. A.J. Brown, um, who good to players. me fits kind of – if you want to get into some more RPO stuff with Marcus, get him rolling there. That's all A.J. Brown did in college was catch those over the middle, those little quick slants on RPOs. So uh, he can get the ball in his hands real strong. Nate Davis – um, who I talked to some coaches there in Tennessee said they've already they've got their plans going to get that stance up a little bit that little frog stance we like talk about we're, we're, we're going to raise you we're gonna up raise him up we're going to raise him up a little bit uh, he's going to be just fine Amani Hooker is a real physical safety down in the box guy um, DeAndre Walker uh, as an outside guy coming off of an injury uh, it was an interesting player. And then David Long is a, is really kind of an inside How about thumper. that? David, David Long, I was a little surprised that he went to six. Thought we'd go a little bit early than that. But but you've got some some physicality as a, as a team, I would guess. That's physicality. Yep. Also, they did some shopping down in the SEC for sure. Yeah, and, and no doubt. Um, so anyways, I think it's that's my that's my free donation to the notebook this week. Free it's donation. Just, Themes. Yeah. Themes. And then the other thing is, is uh, I mean, Philadelphia, I would say um, – it's almost, I would say, luxury drafting. It's luxury drafting. When you do a good job and you're efficient and effective in free agency, like example on Houston, um, and hey, and maybe they tried, they just couldn't get it done. But where they were sitting offensive tackle-wise, I don't care. Titus Howard, that was too early for me. They had to take a tackle. Whoever your highest rate tackle was, they had to pick him. And when you come into a draft, it's like you have a bullseye on your chest because you have such a glaring need. So the Philadelphia Eagles aren't dumb. They just went whoop, right, oh, right yes. up in front of you. I know what you need. We're going to make sure that we yeah. get the best one that's available. But because Philly has has their needs, and look, it's a combination of drafting well over years, but also of, of filling needs in free agency, you can line up and play tomorrow. So when you can line up and play tomorrow, allows you when you get a player like Andre Dillard, you say, man, this is the best tackle in the draft. He's close enough. Let's we're, go get him. We're, we're, we're is he going to start right away? No. no. Don't need him to. Don't need him go, to, but we're J- figuring it out. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who's somebody that we both really uh, like. I really like. For him to be sitting there where they got him with their second second round pick. Now, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, does he have an immediate role? Maybe not. No, but you know what you can do? How about you just watch Alshon Jeffrey every day? Yeah, study just, him. Just study him every day. We're going to put you right in line. You can do the same stuff. You can look at him every day. You get an opportunity to have a clear role model for how you need to play. I think that's the thing that stood out to me. They do a good job of plugging in guys and roles where you already have a role model in place. How about Clayton hey, Thorson, the quarterback? Come on. Hey, man. Look, just I got a look great at story to tell you, by the way. I can't do it on the air. Oh, okay. I'll tell you later. Um, I love doing that. I have people at home, I always want to Nice tease. No, no, no one gets to know. Yeah, How about they this? Know. They don't know. For a team that we Kent, all, I'll tell you, too. I'll tell you, Kent. Thank there. you. That's fine. For a team that we always beat up, I felt like the Washington Redskins had a pretty solid draft. Somebody had a great uh, – we were uh, – Oh, no, I think it was that uh, Scooter Magruder or whatever, that video he did, which was a great line. He's funny, man. He does all those little, little yeah. reactions. Yeah. And he, he's like, the Washington, he's like, puts on the Washington Redskins hat. He goes, I don't know who's making the decisions this year, but he needs to do it every year. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we talk about Dwayne Haskins falling to them. They didn't do anything crazy. Didn't Morgan Gosh, Farm. they really did have a good draft as I'm looking at yeah, over Yeah, like, like Montez Sweat. A lot of they, dudes. They made, they made a nice, Terry McLaurin, we talked about being maybe the best special teams player in the draft. And a great kid. Great kid. Bryce, Bryce Love at the kid. fourth line.
line. They they get him. But then even if you go down. Cole Holcomb's oh, got a little love late in the process, that? too. How about Kelvin Harmon from NC State in the sixth round? Yeah. Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland's our guy, man. Who's a ball that, Devontae hawk. Casey. I mean, let, they, let him play safety. Let that little dude roam. And so I don't know who took over yeah. and did the stuff for the rest. Well done. I, I, I don't know who was making a pick. Maybe it was the owner who was making the picks. I don't, I don't know. But they did a really good job of getting solid players and a lot of guys that we think would be nice time nice contributors. All right. Um, anything else we need to add here before we, we bounce? This is fun. It was fun draft, man. Did you have a good time, Buck? I did, man. It, it's, it's, it's always kind of fun. Because like, at some point, you kind of get to the end of the road. You're like, you know, enough already. Yeah. Let's let's make the picks. Let's see where everyone goes so we can kind of talk about it or whatever. Um, Who's your last? So, like, my I had one player uh, remaining in my top 50 that uh, that did not get drafted. I'll see if you can guess it. One player. Did you no, no. Sorry. Not my top 50. One player in my top 100. Ooh. One player in my top 100. Don't cheat, Kent. Don't you go look. Uh, had, one player in my top 100. It wasn't Penny Hart because you missed Hold on. Let me just double check and make sure he was in my top 100. He was my highest rated player that had – I know who my highest rated player that wasn't drafted. I'll just put it that way. Let me see. I'll tell you what number he is here. He was – yeah, he was 99. He was my 99th player. He went undrafted. It wasn't a quarterback. It was an offensive player. Who? It's a wide receiver. I mean, there are a million of those. But, guy, we talked about this guy a lot, Buck. Riley, really? Did he get he got drafted. Oh, yeah, he got picked. He got picked uh-huh. by the Bears. Great pick. What did we miss out? Ninety ninth player, Senior Bowl guy. Who do we miss out? Not Keelan Doss. Keelan Doss went undrafted. Jeez. My ninety ninth player went undrafted. I believe he signed with the Raiders. Uh, well, I've can't look that up back uh-huh. there, but yeah. Un- I mean, okay. What are, like that. There's always there's always a couple of these, but when the, I'm just like, what did I miss on this? Here's a lesson to be learned. Wide receivers. Diamond does Skill guys. No. no. If you don't run don't, fast. Don't lift at the combine. Yeah. He popped his peck. He tore his peck at the combine. Keelan Doss did? Yeah. But he did a workout. He thought he did a workout, though. Did he I do mean, a he pro popped, day? He popped his peck. Can't pop your peck, man. Like, don't lift at the combine. Don't lift at the combine. Um, gosh, I don't know why I remember him. Uh, I don't remember him doing that. Yeah, he popped his peck at the combine. Um, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. That's it. Pro day, he ran four five six, um, vertical thirty six. Um, so at least he got that. He got that in his pro day. But man, I, yeah. I thought he was a good player. I thought he was like a fourth round type player. I said he was a poor man's Keenan Allen, undrafted. Yeah, I thought he was. There's always one. There's always one or two of those guys every year. We like, man, either I was really messed up or the league messed up. We're fixing to find out. I know it is. It is crazy. I'm sitting here looking at all the guys. Um, man, a lot of guys. Didn't get picked. It's tough. Johnny did. Johnny Dixon getting. Yeah, he was medical stuff though. Oh, okay. The knees yeah. and stuff. He just had injuries. Um, I like Johnny Dixon, but he, yeah, that was that was what that was all about. Mm. Um. All right. Anything uh, you want to add nah, back there, Kent? Did he sign with the Raiders? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a local kid staying up in Good Northern California. Good for him. I don't know if I like that. He's well, gonna be gonna, fine. He's gonna run great of, routes there. They got a lot of guys there. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of receivers everywhere. They need playmakers. Uh, kind of loaded, though. Like, so you uh, kind of want to give yourself a chance. You don't want to go to where else. Oh. Let's, end this, let's end this podcast so I can tell you that story. All right. All right. 
Uh, that's going to do it for us today. And by the way, if you are a fan of, uh, let's see, we did a 360 on Kyler Murray. So if you're a Cardinals fan, you haven't listened to that, you're going to want to listen to that, learn more about your new quarterback. If you're a Giants fan that's been booing Daniel Jones and super upset, uh, listen to our 360 on Daniel Jones. You'll learn more about him. I think you'll have a little harder time uh, not liking him. Uh, let's see, if you're a Clemson fan or if you're a, a fan of the Raiders, Cleveland Farrell, we've got a 360 with him. Dexter Lawrence ended up going to the Giants. You get a two-for-one special. You get Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence. Uh, then we also have Christian Wilkins, who ended up went to the Miami Dolphins. So if you're a Dolphins fan, you'll enjoy listening to the stories about Christian Wilkins. Um, we've got also uh, – who else am I missing back there, Kent? Dwayne Haskins to the Redskins. Yes, if you're a Redskins fan, we got a Dwayne Haskins 360 that you'll enjoy. And, and Nick the, Bosa to the Niners. And if you're a Niners fan, we've got you covered with Nick Bosa. And these are our real deep looks. So and then Austin Bryant also with, lands with the Lions as well. So yep. if you look at those three D linemen, the three first-round quarterbacks, and of course Bosa going second, top 17 picks we covered how All about that? Guys, so, so we did not do a 360 on Drew Locke, and he was the only of the big four that didn't go in the first round. That's that's the kind of power I guess we yield over here, man. <laughs> we were we were good decision makers in terms of yeah. on Thursday night when you were one of the stars on draft night on NFL Network. It panned out for us very well that Cleveland Furrow went early. We knew Bosa and yeah. Haskins and those guys would, but Daniel Jones was the wild card that ended up ended working, up working out, well. out. Worked out yeah. well for us. It did work out. Um, now, right. now, now he needs to bring some of that swag as his high school coach set up to New York. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Kent has uh, really done a phenomenal job in the run-up to the draft. I want to make sure we, we thank him, Buck, because there's a lot of work. Great job. A lot of work that goes into making all that stuff, not only our podcast, but the 360 stuff, coordinating everything, getting it all done, making sure that the videos and all this stuff is right. And an outstanding job with that. Let me thank you, too, because um, – They've had me going, doing some different things, and uh, and, and I haven't been here. This is the first year where I haven't done every single podcast, and so you've had uh, look. Rhett's come in here and helped us out. Lance LZ's come, come in, and uh, but you have been doing double, triple, quadruple duty with all the stuff they've okay. got you doing around here. So thank you for for uh, for guiding the ship here when I couldn't be here, and and uh, um, it's been fun. It's been a fun draft process, and I will say this: it was challenging this year because, to be honest with you. I mean, we, we gave it our best, Buck, but outside of Kyler Murray, there weren't a lot of hooks in this draft. Coming off no. last year with Saquon Barkley and all those So many stars. We were so stars. Many stars. Yeah, so and many I felt stars. like we didn't really have those to sell, but we did our best. Hopefully you guys got to know this this class well through us, uh, through this show. I'm already, I have not watched the tape yet, but we both know what's coming next year and we're not going to have as tough. Oh, uh, we get, I can't wait. I can't wait to we start got guys. We got wait. guys next year, Buck. We, we, we got, got some, guys. We have you, some names. You don't want to release a 2020 mock today? Yeah, no, what's going it's on? Not, it's not happening, Kenteth. No, sir. Um, but it is going to be, uh, it's going to be, trust me, it's going to be an easy sale next year uh, with all the big names we'll have coming to the draft. So thanks for sticking with us on this entire journey this year. Uh, we appreciate your company and uh, hopefully you'll stick with us as we go through the off season here on Move the Sticks. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.